Greetings everyone, Andy Dukes here and welcome to the audio version of the recent Ride and Talk live video podcast where the new S1000R Dynamic Roadster was unveiled along with the new G310R. The launch took place behind closed doors for obvious reasons but was broadcast live across the globe. If you already saw it live and just want to hear the technical chat that took place afterwards then just skip to around the 14 minute mark. Otherwise, stay with us and I'm just going to play you a few highlights now to set the scene. We first hear Chris Pfeiffer doing what he does best, riding the wheels off the S1000R. In fact, you can probably hear him in the background right now. And then he joins head of BMW Motorrad, Marcus Schaam, for a quick reaction. Let's pick up the audio here. Hello and a big welcome to BMW Motorrad. What a film and what a motorcycle. And it's no less than Chris Pfeiffer himself who make the air burn. I'm very happy to welcome you all today together with Chris to present the world premieres of two outstanding motorcycles. Let's start with the BMW S1000R. This is the hottest, most powerful and lightest dynamic roadster from BMW Motorrad ever. Chris, tell us about your first riding impressions. <laughs> Wow, this bike is really mind-blowing. It's, it's so powerful, but controllable at the same time. And I love the handling. It's very precise. Uh, it's a bit like an athlete, slim, strong. I think you saw in the video how much fun I had riding. I'm sure you did, because at 195 kilograms, it's the lightest configuration, fully fueled and ready to ride. The new S1000R is by far the lightest bike in the upper roadster class. It's lightness and agility are outstanding. We have taken our new roadster to an even higher level in all respects. The new R clearly stands for naked power and performance. For a sporty, powerful, sharp design reduced down to the essentials for true physical rider control over this powerhouse. And I can assure you this bike provides an emotional riding intensity that is unique in the segment, both on the road and on the racetrack. On this naked bike, the powerful DNA from the S1000RR always shines through. The new R is a perfected overall high-performance package with a very sporty chassis and sporty aggressive design. And the S1000R also plays a major role as the big brother, so to speak, in our second world premiere. So this is the bit where Chris jumps back on the new R and throws down a few donuts and burnouts to make the transition to the next world premiere, showing that great things can come in small packages. Back to Marcus Schramm then. And here it is, our new G310R, the entry-level naked bike from BMW Motorrad, featuring the RDNA for all to see. Lightness, position and poorest riding response ensure a high level of riding fun at all times whether in the urban jungle or out on the country roads. And the style of the S1000R, the G310R, also stands out thanks to its sporty, powerful roadster design. And now I'm pleased to welcome Max Renko, who will give us even more detailed insights as the product manager responsible for these two new naked bikes. Right. 
roadsters, it's not about crushing your opponent on the racetrack. It's about leaving an impression on yourself and leaving an impression on others. So really what it is about, it's not about hiding from the wind. You want to face it, you want to embrace it, you want to fight with it, really. Leaving an impression on yourself and impressing others. So this is what you want to have in such a dominant bike, you know. Um, Dynamic Roadsters, they started out as crashed superbikes, um, bikes that were stripped down to the bare minimum, and this defined the very essential formula for Roadsters. Superbike power, superbike tech, no fairings. Because you don't want to hide from the wind, you want to face it, you want to embrace it, you want to fight with the elements, you want to become one with the corners, you want to feel that blistering acceleration, you want to feel that power, and you want to feel in a very dominant riding position. That's why you need that straight handlebar. You want to be bold on the bike, and that posture and that feeling on the roadster is so much better and more impressive than just kneeling down on a bike uh, like a superbike. But Alex is going to tell you more about what makes a proper roadster design and roadster posture in the next minutes. Thanks, Max, for that uh, nice dynamic introduction. And soon Max will be back and will tell us hopefully more about the technical specs about that bike. And I guess most of us will have a huge smile on our faces because what I so far understood is riding these new R is like taking the ride on a cannonball. But back to the design because I'm here in my function as a designer and what you can see by first glance, this bike is much more sportier than before and radiates tremendous more dynamic and uh, let's say visual power because of its let's say demanding muscular appearance. And uh, we had a real focus by developing this bike on increasing the emotional, let's say, um, experience of the bike by keeping the physical control for the rider. And this is exactly what uh, Max mentioned already. That's why we put that significant straight handlebar to the bike in combination with his new ergonomics. Yeah, and in these circumstances, I need to mention also our angle of attack. This is this imaginary line running from the very end of the bike to the center of the front wheel. And this main composition line is now more angled, more raked, and somehow responsible, of course, for that lurking and aggressive appearance of the bike. And from the beginning on, we had an eye on keeping the bike completely compact as possible. And that's why we convinced our engineers to put that really radical short tail end in combination with this compact headlight unit to the bike. In between we have that, um, let's say, hard edged radiator cover as a, let's say, visual reminder to some military tools like a tactical axe or a combat knife. And for those who has a little bit more imagination, may they can see these bold, strong arc graphic inside of this outline of this radiator cover. And finally, I need to mention also about our jewels because we have some hidden Easter eggs in the bike, such as our really nice aluminum anodized seat lock protection, as you can see here on the back of the rider seat. And this personally reminds me on these, let's say, cool military aircraft uh, snap action switches or let's say a safety locker of a rocket launcher. And last but not least, of course, we have this wonderful illuminated R right on top of this wonderful C-shaped day running light of the headlight unit. All in all, as you can see, all the features, all the details, the overall proportion is reduced to the essential. So the right portion of stage feeling for the rider. So we can say that the new S1000R is made simply to impress. And with these words, I give back to Max. 
Thanks, Alex. Of course, that stunning design is absolutely useless if you don't have the power to back it up. So that's why you'll find a lot of double R DNA in this bike. For example, the engine was based on the double R, but optimized for the ref range you actually use on the street. You got 165 horsepowers, you got 140 newton meters with a very wide power band. So really, out of tight corners, you will feel more acceleration than on other bikes. It's absolutely thrill to ride. To manage this, we have the most advanced electronic ride rates package you can get in the market. Three riding modes are standard, including ABS Pro, our cornering ABS, and DTC traction control, which is also lean angle dependent. At one flick of the button, you change the complete character of the bike. So it doesn't only change throttle response, it changes, for example, also the way the wheelie control behaves. It changes the way the traction control behaves. It changes the way ABS interferes with your riding. So you can have it in a very safe manner, or you can have it in a very daredevil style of riding. And for example, the wheelie control and the traction control that we have on that bike is the very same algorithm that Tom Sykes has on his World Superbike. Of course, you can always turn it off with a flick of one button. Something that really sets us apart is the weight. We are by far the lightest bike in the segment. The average competitor weight is 214.9 kilograms. This bike is 15 kilograms lighter. And it gets even lighter if you use the M package. So depending on whether you have the carbon wheels or the forged wheels, you can save up to five kilograms on that bike over the standard configuration. With the M package, the minimum weight is 195 kilograms, ready to ride. But this bike is just so much more than a naked double R track day weapon. It's incredible fun on the twisties. No matter whether you're cutting through hairbands or doing wicked drifts, you can feel that staggering power and that mind-boggling precision on every single meter. It will even make a great commuter because it's so light and nimble. I promise you, you'll be finding excuses just to do a ride to the shops downtown. And you will whisk through traffic with ease because you got so much more handled by range of motion now, lock to lock. Something our single R has always been known for is that intuitive handling and the absolute precision you get on the street. The new bike's steering response is almost telepathic. You really get so much feedback from the front and you also have a throttle that's very easy to modulate without any jerkiness. So this is exactly the type of precision that BMW engineering has been known for. I think Chris can't behave himself anymore. Well, as you can clearly see, the new G310R has really the same qualities, the same intuitive rider-motorcycle connection that define our complete dynamic roadster lineup. It now features an electronic throttle, which means you get even more precision and modulation when doing wheelies. And also, you can now take off without giving it any additional throttle just by releasing the clutch. For better modulation, we now have an adjustable brake lever. In addition, the new G310R now features an anti-hopping clutch for safer riding and for easier drifts. Also, what you get is full LED lights, including our iconic daylight riding lights, so it's clearly recognizable as a member of our Roadster lineup. Alex, come and tell us more about the design. Thanks, Max. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the design of our new 310. 
Yes, we refreshed our lively little roadster to a new stage in terms of design. And um, yeah, with its inviting character to a new stage, as I said. So that means um, we made a design more straightforward, more bold than before. And uh, in these circumstances, of course, we changed a bunch of plastic parts, such as these headlight cover, the tank cover, as well as the side fairing. From the beginning on, it was a main goal of us to increase the value of the overall design by reducing the black grain plastic and increasing the painted surfaces. And this is what you can see pretty well from the side view. And uh, in these circumstances, of course, have a note of that wonderful color combination with its bold graphic and its kick-ass graphic, so to speak, and this highlighted uh, frame, all that lifts this uh, visual balance a lot and brings this visual center of gravity much more forward to the front wheel. In these circumstances, please have a note also on this wonderful headlight unit. This is now a full LED headlight unit with a so-called C-shaped day running light. So all that features, all that details brings this little bike more to the grown upside. And I think now we can say this bike is now the right toy to play with the big boys. Thank you, Chris, Max and Alex. Dear motorcycle fans, at BMW Motorrad, the R stands for highly emotional and dynamic roadster bikes. Visible power, outstanding performance, a sporty design reduced down to the essentials and thrilling riding experience. With these new bikes, we will continue to expand our strong position in the important roadster segment and keep writing BMW Motorrad success story. And for all those who can't get enough of these two naked bikes, we will now switch over to our live studio where our experts are already looking forward to talking to you and going into even more detail about the technology, performance and design of the bikes. Thanks, Marcus. And what a bike. Or bikes, I should say, because we saw a few of them in there, didn't we? Okay, then. We didn't want to leave it there. We couldn't leave it there. These are world premieres, after all. So I'm delighted to say that we've brought a few of those bikes into our Munich studio and assembled some of the crew that you saw just now. So let's welcome product manager Max Renko and designer Vianney Salos, who are both in the studio with the bikes. And also joining them is a living legend, Chris Pfeiffer. Welcome to Ride and Talk, guys. Hey, what's up? Hi, How are you doing? Andy. Hi, Andy. All good from my side. Listen, let's start with you, Chris, because it's great to see you again, my friend. It's been a while. But of course, back where you belong, on the stage and entertaining us. You're never too old to enjoy messing around on bikes, eh? Ah, never, Andy. As you know me, I'll never stop riding and playing around. Um, age is just a number and uh, it's all about the passion. And my passion for bikes is definitely back. Ah, that's great to hear, because my earliest memory of you on BMW bikes is uh, when you contested and won the 2006 Stunt Wars competition in Florida, and that was on a modified F800R with about 80 horsepower, as I remember. It was a while ago. Now, this new S1000R it has a massive 165 horsepower and huge amounts of torque, but could this dynamic roadster also have serious potential as a freestyle stunt riding bike, Chris? As a stunt bike, for sure, uh, for freestyle, for low speed tricks, um, it's for sure way too powerful. Choosing a 1000 for stunt riding is definitely crazy, but uh, chassis wise, the bike would be fabulous. Uh, would be simply great. It's, it's so compact, you know, and uh, lightweight. Um, I'd love to ride it, but. Uh, yeah, for, for, the, for the slow stuff, um, 
it's, it's too powerful in my opinion. But for the fast wheelies and for drifting, I think there's no better bike than the single R. Um, I was blown away when uh, I had the chance to ride it. Uh, yeah, um, I felt at home from, from the first second. Yeah, you certainly looked at home, that's for sure. Because, of course, you were the precision rider in that cool movie we just saw. Great job, by the way. You, you look like you're enjoying yourself, but then you always did. So I'm interested to know, what were your initial impressions of the new R when you saw it for the first time, Chris? Oh, just wow. Um, I mean, um, I love this bike really from, from all angles. Um, I love the front end. I love this dynamic shape. And yeah, the, the, the gray or the, it's called Hockenheim silver version. This is my favorite. And I think in my opinion, this is the most beautiful BMW ever. And this is not marketing talking. I love this bike. Yeah, I agree. It certainly looks the part, but what's on everyone's lips? They just want to know. How is it to ride, Chris? Impressive, impressive. Um, I have to say it's a combination of uh, pure power, but it's still controllable and um, as I said I felt at home from the first second uh, it's a how shall I say it's a permanent rush of uh, this power of adrenaline but you feel the safety of the bike uh, that the bike gives you a safety and uh, uh, this combination is, is fantastic it's a it's a perfect package that they brought together yeah can't wait what sort of riders do you think it will particularly appeal to then <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the speed junkies, of course, the adrenaline junkies, so the young and wild. But I guess also all the riders who uh, are young at heart somehow. Um, I mean, you, uh, you want to feel the acceleration on this bike. It's, it's like a rush. It's, it's not a bike, it's a weapon. And uh, we'll see. I think uh, it's interesting for many advanced riders. Yeah, I like that quote. It's not a bike, it's a weapon. Thanks for that, Chris. And, uh... <laughs> A huge thanks on behalf of all the community out there for those special years and special memories. You know, you've been inspiring and entertaining us for a long time with your freestyle riding antics. So, again, many thanks for that. So, please stay with us now while we move across to Max Renko, product manager for these new bugs, because I want to get some more details. So, Max, what is it about dynamic roadsters? Why do we love them so much? <laughs> well... People who are looking to buying a dynamic roadster, they're not looking to buying a bike that wants to conquer the podium. You want a bike to conquer the stage because what this bike is, it's really a stage on wheels. It's your personal stadium to impress. And there's just something magical about this riding feeling with the wide handlebar, with that front wheel orientation and this general feeling of being in total control of whatever lies ahead. This really changes the whole perception of riding. So... In the end, you end up with a bike that makes you really feel invincible. I know what you mean, though, yeah. I mean, every bike in this segment seems to have a certain sort of distinctive character as well, doesn't it? So what would you say makes this new R really stand out against its competitors, Max? It's, it's funny you mentioned the character thing because it's a great segment in general. I love it. you got all these angry wasps and transformers and beasts and monsters and jokers. And, and sometimes I really feel like it's a Halloween party. You know? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I never thought of it like that before. So, all right then, go ahead. What character uh, is the R then? Terminator. To me, it's, it's a Terminator. It's really, it has this brutal precision and this feeling of a machine that was crafted just to seek and destroy with absolute determination. You know there's no running away from it. 
you're not even finished thinking about the, ne the next apex that lies ahead and it's already darting for the apex. It feels like a part of your body, that connection from the rider and the bike. The precision can be felt on every single meter. It's, it's really impressive and how should I put it? It's, I would say it will do exactly what you want it to do. Nothing more, but nothing less. And it's really like just point and shoot. Totally understand that, yeah. Now, when I saw you on the film on the R with the M package, I couldn't believe how good the bike looked. It probably looked good with uh, anyone on it, Max. I'm not complimenting you here, by the way. But can we take a closer inspection of the one in the studio? And, and can you tell yeah, us exactly sure. what funny if you're lucky enough to um, order one? Because it certainly looks special. Exactly. So the M package, it's, it's much more than just the paint job. You get to choose either the M forged wheels or the M carbon fiber wheels. You get our blacked out M fuel lit M seat, you get our M lightweight battery, you get a titanium exhaust, you get the M endurance chain, which increases the rear drivetrain efficiency. You get the preparation for our lap GPS trigger, and you also get a third core screen in the display with a very track focused layout. So it's much more than just good looks. It's really, you know, M stands for increasing the performance. If you use the M carbon fiber wheels, you save five kilograms on top of a bike that's already the lightest in the segment. And half of the weight savings are found in unsprung and rotational mass. So it really elevates the whole agility of the bike on a whole new level. So in general, it's just a massive performance boost and agility boost. Got you. Yeah. So, I mean, the R in general, it's lighter, it's more agile, it's more intuitive. But let's talk about some of the things you can't see, Max, like the engineering, because Clearly, it's got the DNA of the double R, but people often ask why the engine is tuned differently to a bike like the double R. So can you please explain this to us? Because it's a question that does come up a lot. Absolutely. So I know there's been a lot of talk about uh, the so-called new hyper-nakeds and everybody needs to have 200 horsepower now and then. To be frank, we could have given you 200 HP even back in 2014 when the first model came out because we had the power in the double R. But we decided on purpose to build a designated roadster engine. Why we did so is pretty easy. Horsepower is basically just torque multiplied by the revs. So in order to obtain higher numbers on paper in horsepower terms, you just push the, the torque range into the higher ref range. Um, this is not something you probably want on the street because we all know from old 600cc days, people would just need to ring out into very high revs to get the power. What you want to have on a roadster coming out of tight corners, you want to have more torque down below. So you try to focus on the mid-rough range with the old bike and end up with more torque where you actually ride. So then the new double arm with the shift cam try to combine these two old engines, try to combine that mid-range torque from the R engine with the top end from the old double R. And it was very successful in doing so, but still you would need to retain all the, the other aspects in the engine, like the exhaust cam profiles, for example, or the header diameters, and, pro and optimize all that for that maximum ref range of 14,500 RPM, because you need to retain those sticker HPs on top. So if you just focus purely on the mid-range and, say, cap the refs at 12,000, it allows you to optimize everything around the combustion chamber, like the intake, like the exhaust manifold diameters, like the cam profiles for that mid-range. And you end up with a bike that's both for you guys more affordable to buy and more fun to ride on the street because you got the torque where you need it and don't need to pay for stuff you will not even use on the street. 
I mean, it's of course, it's it's nice. We all just we're all grown ups and just, I mean, we become bigger, but we just mentally stay kids. And it's of course cool to show off with some 200, 208 horsepowers. But I don't get it. What is the point of having 200 horsepowers if you need a supercharger and end up with a bike that is heavier than a full blown S1000 XR touring bike? What is the point of having 208 horsepower on paper? but they're only made available in fifth and sixth gear at speeds beyond 220 kilometers an hour. I mean, I want to ride twisties. I want to have fun on mountain roads. If I want to go fast in a straight line, I use a train. So <laughs> I think it would be better if we as an industry in general try to focus less on just marketing numbers and trying to build bikes that are better to ride. For example, the weight reduction. We focused a lot on the weight reduction because this is where you actually gain your performance. We've also seen that performance figures from the old S1000R against the modern Hypernaked community uh, wasn't really behind it. So what you feel in braking, what you feel in steering and agility is weight, it's not the horsepower. So overall, I think we as an industry should, and I think we will. I've heard some rumors about other bikes also trying to reduce the weight. I saw some Italian brand yesterday also featuring carbon fiber wheels to reduce uh, rotational mass. So I think we as an industry are slowly getting the message where it's really what counts on the street. I tell you what, I'm glad I asked you to answer that question and explain <laughs> that, but, but very well done. I appreciate that. It's, uh, it's all about what's on the street rather than what's on the spec sheet on paper. So nice one. Listen, an easier question for you now, Max. Can you just let us know when it's coming, when, what, when the, you know, the market introduction date is what, and what the price is, if you have it, of the new R? Yeah, so this bike will drop in May at the dealers and the price in Germany at least, and, you know, we got this VAT thing right now, but when you go back to the 19% VAT, the price will be 14,740, which makes it incredible bang for the buck. It's only a slight uh, retail price increase, but at the same time, you get a lot more in standard form. You get the full TFT with our class leading 6.5 inch display. You get the full connectivity pack. You got three riding modes as standard, as said before, you got ABS Pro, which is lean angle sensitive, as well as our lean, lean angle sensitive DTC traction control. And it's just more than different throttle responses. It's really the whole ecosystem that gets changed. And you get full LED lights. And beside that, of course, you get so many great details and an absolutely stunning design. Yeah, yeah, stunning design indeed. Move across to Vianney to explain the design process in more detail. So. So hi Vianney, thanks for coming on, really appreciate your time. Can you tell us about how it was to work on the new S1000R? Because I mean, it certainly looks a lot more aggressive than its predecessor, which you also designed, I believe. Yes, and you're right, I worked on the previous one, but on the new one as well, which was good because we could right away say, okay, this is wrong, this is uh, something to optimize. For example, these um, asymmetric lights or the side panels or the tail section. And um, I would say, the new bike is completely different. We have a complete new message now. And um, I think now on top of being more athletic or extreme and radical than before, we have another hand, uh, something way more precise, sharper and cleaner at the same time, which I think the combination of both makes it really interesting now. And um, the thing is, that was a massive challenge for me at the beginning because uh, look at the base. We got the S1000RR as a base, which is one of the most powerful bike in the world. But of course, we had uh, some good design freedom. We had some super nice, interesting uh, aerodynamic and technique to respect. So I think all together makes it uh, like a kind of a dream project for a designer. So that was only great. 
Yeah, you talked about, you mentioned design freedom there. Can you describe how the design process goes for a bike like this? You know, what are the key stages? Yes, I mean, often my friends are asking me, okay, Vianney, can you tell us about Merge? Can you tell us a bit more about like the design process? How does it work at BMW? Can you show us some sketches? But uh, of course I can't. So I'm finally happy today to show you some design process sketches and just to show you a bit behind the scenes, you know, how did we develop this bike at the end? So here we go. This is how it started. We started with a pure creative phase. Um, we really try to go all over the place, but um, as you can imagine, I cannot show you everything for confidential reasons, but at least you have an idea of how far we went into the sketches, how many concepts we did at the end, and um, we tried several themas, we tried the most organic, or we tried the, the most robotic themas, but of course, you know, it's nice to do some dream sketches, but somehow the dream has to come true, and this bike has to be on the market one day. So that's why now we go to the key sketch, and the key sketch is basically, I would say, our best friend. This is um, our best friend during the complete process of the bike because it's so easy to lose the track, it's so easy to lose the control during the, the complete development of the bike because we have so much um, technology and package and, and at the end we need to get an eye on the final sketch because um, it will keep our, our proportions right, our dynamic, the stand of the bike, the angle of the attack we wanted to get. So. It helps us to get everything like we wanted to get at the end. And now the magic starts. Boom, the clay model. As you can see here, you have Raimund working on the clay, so challenging all the surfaces because we want a bike which is super light, super agile, and uh, we try to optimize the package as much as we can. I call it magic because this is finally where the models start to be alive. This is exactly at this moment where you can start to turn around the model. Um, and I think this is pretty magic. And on the other hand, you have Larissa, the other modelers, um, which is trying to find the, the perfect lines, the perfect curves, to play with the light, to really feel the package, you know, and to really get the best out of it. And once everything is frozen, once we have everything, we have a super nice sculpture standing in front of you. But of course, something is missing, the details. The details, uh, for example, the headlight. Um, to me, the headlight is really the head of the bike. It's supported here by two little wings on the side, really inspired from the Formula One world like very dynamic, very aerodynamic. And this shows almost um, all the inner rings we have inside. Um, the inner rings, like we mentioned before, we have this uh, C day running light, uh, lights inside, which is underlined here by this um, lightning R, which brings a lot of power into it. And I think this brings a lot of wow effect at the end. Yeah, that was brilliant. Thanks for that. That's really detailed, but also some a little bit of inside information there, Vianney. So uh, cheers for that. But, Making the all-important step, though, from sketches to modeling to reality, how does that work with a bike like the R? Um, it's pretty simple. You have a few things to remember when you look at a bike like that, like a Rosa like this. First of all is you have to get an eye on the fly line. The fly line is the line which is like covering the complete bike. As you can see here, we have like some massive proportions, something very sporty. But what is important also is the proportions. The proportion is, for example, here the flying panels. We're trying to took them and to move them as forward as possible, as much as we could to the front. First of all, for what? To get rid of all the weight on the back and to bring all the power to the front wheel. Because for us, this bike is really like a kind of power ball and we somehow need to assume the power of it. Because this bike is, is so powerful that we have to assume the power of it and we need to show some elements like, like the technique, for example, um, we have here on the side this massive technical feature here, this massive technical cutout. 
Um, because why? The, the bike breasts, and we definitely wanted to show it. So it's definitely important for us to really show that, okay, when power meets technique at the end. And that's why we have some see-through elements, because on a roster bike, what is nice is to see some technical stuff, some design element. And I think this makes um, actually, I don't know, a super nice mix, you know, when we mix all together. And I just wanted to show a last word concerning the tail. Um, because we had the chance to develop a complete new tail for this bike, which I think it's awesome because we have a complete new bike from the front to the back. And um, what I can say about the tail is we tried to raise all the lines up to get it super light and super agile to really keep this kind of angle of attack like we wanted to get. Um, we play with the surface to, to move everything inside to get everything as compact as possible, as light as possible. We have now a super nice see-through effect into it with two massive airflow going through it. So I think now we have a, a super finished bike and um, the overall stuff is uh, really good. And I think this is what people expect at the end. Yeah, absolutely. And it looks very, very cool. But bikes don't always look cool when people then sit on them, you know? Uh, but Max looked really, really cool when he was sitting on it in the earlier film, but he's more compact than I am. And uh, well, do the ergonomics still work? You know, with long-legged riders like myself or even yourself, Vianney? Yes, well, the thing is, it's really important for us to work on the ergonomy because it's nice to have a nice bike, but of course, um, everyone should be able to ride it. So it fulfills all the Japanese standards uh, requirements <laughs> or uh, the people like you, Andy, which are really tall. So at the end, we put a lot of effort and energy to, for example, the adjustable handlebar. We have different seat height because on this bike, you need to look good on it. So that means what? That means the position straightforward to the fuel tank. You need to get your head up right, and then you have to get your elbows like that, really like a pure position of riding. And um, I think, you know, when you, when you ride a, a beast like that, it's always better to control it, or at least um, to look so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, couldn't agree more. Thanks, Vianney. Right, let's move back to you, Max, and uh, onto another great bike, which, by the looks of it, is very much part of the R family. Absolutely, so you see a lot of common shapes in these two bikes, from the DRLs to the whole side wings and the whole panels and the general characters are much the same. See, these bikes are a lot more approachable. So uh, I think that the biggest fun of these 300cc class lies in that general sense of, well, how should I put it? If you can't ride a slow bike fast, you certainly won't on a fast bike. So as you can see in the scenes from Chris, you just it makes so much fun just doing some lunatic stuff trying to learn the wheelies. I mean, this bike has been the most popular choice for our wheelie schools because it's just light and nimble and, and doesn't, isn't as in, intimidating. So it really makes, it, it conveys the basic idea of riding a roadster much better than maybe some more aggressive bikes out there. What's not to like about this one? I mean, the same jeans, but smaller price, right? Absolutely. You have, as you, as you said before, you get a lot of common jeans. Um, at the same time, it's of course, much more affordable. And I think there's just an inherent fun of having some 35, uh, 34 HP. My first bike had only 23, and for me, it, it meant the world. And it was really just this basic fun of what all of us like about motorcycles, you know? See the corner, brake later than everybody else, dart into the apex, pin the throttle, and off to the next corner. And it's just this basic operation is just great experience. But at the same time, this bike doesn't mean you need to do without any premium features. So this bike has all the qualities, all the traits that really make it a compact premium experience. 
Yeah, premium experience indeed. Cheers for that, Max. I'm just going to return to Vianney for a minute because I want to know what you want to say about the G310R, Vianney, because people want fun. They don't want boring or tame. So how do you actually design that into a bike like the new G310R? Yeah, you're right. Definitely not. The thing is, I remember when we started the project a few years ago already with Chris, uh, we work on the stand bike and I think uh, years after years the bike is uh, getting more mature. I mean, we had already this dynamic base, we had already this dynamic roster we wanted to get. But I think now, the years after years, when you look at some details, for example, the headlights or the side panel or the fuel tank cover, I think now the bike is getting more achieved and more finished. But you still keep, you know, this kind of dynamic effect you wanted to get. And uh, for us, uh, between this bike and this one, it was really important to get this kind of link in the family. So for example, from the smallest model to the biggest one, you have this DNA inside. So you have the DRL, you have the floating panels, you have the stand, the dynamic lines. And I think at the end, it's, um, it's uh, actually a super cool, ride, um, super cool bike to ride. And I would definitely buy it for, for this everyday use. So I think it's super cool. Yeah, super cool indeed. Right. We've done loads of talking, covered lots of topics, but I think we've still got a bit of time for a few questions from our community. So perhaps we can have the first one up on our screens, guys. Here we go. <laughs> I'm not reading that out. I, I don't know I, if you can read. Okay, it says WTF. Why is the rider wearing jeans? I presume they're talking about you in the film, maybe Max or and Chris. Isn't that like dangerous? Of course it is not, because just nowadays you don't need to look like a Power Ranger riding a motorcycle anymore. Um, Matter of fact, I'm wearing, I'm wearing full protective gear. So these are Cordura jeans. They are fully certified. You get front protectors, they get side protectors. The jacket I was wearing has the full gear inside built into the, the, the package. The shoes are protective shoes, so they protect the ankle. The city gloves, everything was meant to look good while still offering the full protection on the street. Of course, you wouldn't want to crash at 200 kilometers an hour, but at these speeds, you usually are wearing one of our leather one-piece suits that are made for the racetrack. But in town, you can look good and be protected all at the same time. Doesn't necessarily mean you need to write any WTF questions. <laughs> these jeans are motorcycle jeans, not normal jeans. And they are cool and safe. And they give you active safety because you can move uh, very well in it. So for, for stunt riding, Everybody's wearing motorcycle jeans nowadays. In leathers, I would die. <laughs> also the heat, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point, Christy. And remember where you heard that first, you don't have to look like a Power Ranger. Uh, any more questions uh, coming in for us now then, please? Here's one for you, Chris. What do you miss most from the old stunt riding days? <laughs> miss most? Um, I miss nothing. I, I'm just happy that uh, everything's progressing and it's, it's a freestyle sport. The sky's the limit. I'm missing nothing. I'm just... Um, maybe the fast stuff. Yeah, I'm right. In the early days we had uh, big spots. Uh, even in the competitions we had a lot of room. and We, uh, we did stuff in the second, third gear, sometimes really fast stuff. Nowadays, stunt riding has slowed down a bit to very technical riding. Yeah, the fast stuff is missing a little bit. Yeah, and we missed uh, seeing you, Chris. Just thought I'd put that one out there anyway. Okay, could we have the next question up on the screen, please? 
All right, what's the biggest difference you can feel between the old and the new S1000R? I'm going to ask this one for you to answer, please, Max. Well, of course, I mean, these are like seven years of technology development apart, so everything in this bike is completely new and you can feel it in every part. So the whole technology has progressed. All the ride rates have progressed a lot. But even if we talk about the pure mechanical riding experience, it has really been slimmed down and just feels more like a, like a trained athlete now. It's, the weight is down, the agility goes up, and all the feedback also went up when we started with the project. I mean, even a double R that the, the whole chassis is based on is one of the benchmark bikes on the market when it comes to feedback and handling. So this is something that can be felt at, in this bike as well, even at a much lower price range. Thanks for that, Max. Uh, any more questions coming up on the screen? Okay. Can you ride with a passenger or go on longer trips? <laughs> it's you again, Max. You're the marketing guy. Yeah, um, of course you can. I mean, all these bikes come equipped as a monoposter configuration X-Factory. But of course you can, as an alternative, choose for, uh, the pillion kit, which is free of charge. And that's the pillion footrest and the pillion seat. Being a dynamic roadster, this is probably not the one you want to take on a week-long tour with your missus unless you're newly engaged because, of course, wind protection for two people and long-distance touring performance is better found in our S1000XR, which shares a lot of that technology in a much more touring-friendly configuration. But still, there's a lot of bags and, and tank bags and, and, and stuff you can put on to go on a longer trip to enjoy the riding experience of riding an S1000R over a longer time. More time. I know a lot of people go to the Alps, go to the Dolomites, in the US, they take trips to the Tail of the Dragon, so it needs to, to be enjoyable over longer distances. We also have X-Factory, the option to add the sports screen. It's a small fairing. We originally designed it for racetracks, so you can lay down flat on the tank to get more better aerodynamic um, dra uh, drag um, figures. But at the same time, it will also reduce some of the weight from the wind on your chest. Okay, yeah, so basically in a roundabout way, you're saying you can, but would you want to? All right, the next question is, how does the S1000R compare back-to-back -back with the old model? I guess they're talking about performance-wise here. It's much more than just the, the horsepower figure. So the horsepower stayed the same, but it was just the way it's delivered is very smooth. And as I, as I said before, it's not about the horsepower only. I mean... In first and second gear, we need to limit torque anyway, because otherwise we'd be wheeling all day long. So I think what the biggest difference is, is just the agility and the precision. The lighter wheels, even a standard cast wheels, they're 1.8 kilograms per set lighter. And then you got the carbon fiber wheels, you got the forged wheels, so these reduce the rotational mass even further. All the electronics, we now have a six-axis sensor box, whereas the old bike had a five-axis sensor box, and now we can precisely detect wheelies and now it's, for example, possible to have a power wheelie function, which allows for a higher wheelie with more control. The old bike only allows minimum wheelies of like five centimeters for optimal acceleration or no wheelie control at all. So beside that, of course, now you can enjoy your music. You can navigate with the AeroGuide navigation. In general, the whole bike, the whole riding experience is just being boosted into the next century, more or less. Cheers. Thanks for that, Max. I think we've got time for one more question. Okay, what other colors will be available? I don't know if that's a design question or a marketing question, but whoever knows the answer, please go for it. 
Um, if we're talking about the smaller one, you got the choice of Star Sport as shown here. You also got the polar white version and you got the cosmic black version, which are both free of charge. For this bike here, you got three choices. You got the base model in our iconic racing red. This one has been also a very popular color for the base model of the, the old generation. Then you got the style sport as shown here. It includes these bright neon yellow tapes and a, a color that is probably does not come across as good on, on screen as it does in, in, in reality. This is the M2 competition color, Hockenheim Silver. It adds a lot of depth in, and hue, with the several hues. And then you got the M package here, which doesn't only contain the color, of course, also the, the M bits on it, but it's the third choice that we uh, can offer you. Brilliant. Thanks for that, Max. All right. It's time to close things down now. It's been a mammoth session, hasn't it? But I hope that it's given all of you out there a taste for these seriously exciting roasters that will soon be heading your way. So thanks for all your questions. Do keep posting them. They will be answered. Thanks to all our studio guests, too. You've explained the never stop challenging mindset perfectly. All of you out there, if you like what you've seen and heard today, then maybe it's time to awaken the daredevil inside you. One thing's for sure. Getting naked has never been this much fun. Bye for now.